Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Demons and Rawhead Rex. All I remember from Rawhead Rex is when he pisses on the priest, though. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I was going to say, Shudder has an entire snow-themed section. <laughs> Shudder is pretty awesome. Your life's missing out when you, you don't have it up there in Canada, Doug. I think I can get it now. Just haven't gotten sure. it because I don't have any... Yeah, I couldn't a while. Like, when it first came out, I couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, I ended up on, like, some email list. And so I was given, like, an advanced option to sign up for the free month. And then I did that. And then they're like, that's great. Just drive south until you're allowed to use this. And I was like, well, that doesn't help at all. Please please tell me that's exactly what the email says. Yeah, that's exactly. Drive, drive, drive south, you Canadian piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do you guys think we should do Killer Crocodile and Alligator 2 as a movie? It's a show. Um, I think we should do a Versus episode, and uh, I already purchased on Voodoo Lake Placid versus Anaconda. I really don't. Placid versus Anaconda? Yeah. You want us to watch that? You think that's going to be good? Is that your theory that that might be good? Yeah, because it was like three ninety nine on Vudu, which is a sign of quality. Because most of their stuff is nine ninety nine. I I recall liking Lake Placid and not liking Anaconda. <laughs> That's exactly what I recall. <laughs> but I remember everyone I knew who has terrible taste in movies loving fucking Anaconda. <laughs> yeah, Anaconda was one of those ones that like. Back when horror wasn't mainstream, everybody liked it. And it was like, but why? Why not one of just, them has the Hoff in it? So we could do a David Hasselhoff episode. Are you, are, Which one has are the Hoff in it? Part three, I want to say? Oh, you see, oh you said, like, one of the Anaconda films has David Hasselhoff in it? Yeah. If we're doing a Hasselhoff episode, we are doing Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't give a fuck what you guys have to say about it. <laughs> I've always been curious about that one. It's the Hall. Anaconda, colon, The Offspring. I don't know which one that was. but I, I fell out of the Anaconda franchise shortly after halfway starting the uh, first movie. So. Uh, came out in 2008. Oh, really? Well, I happen to know that there is a 
we're doing like mid two thousands shitty horror movie starring crazy people. There's a Gary Busey movie called Maneater. No idea what it's about. From two thousand and seven. Hmm. I will uh, be talking about Gary Busey being in a shitty horror movie later on. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I was getting ready to say we could probably do a whole month of Busey. Oh, Ginger Dead Man. Other stuff. Oh, fucking. What's it called? Incubus? The one where he plays the, the demon hunter. <laughs> he just drives around with his demon killing tools in the back of his shitty SUV. Was it this show that we did? Uh, Gary Busey versus Monsters? Was that last horror cast? This is the unfortunate thing. They blend together. I think it was last horror cast. Because what you're saying sounds like the title we would have used back then. Yeah. Because it was, yeah, because it was Silver Bullet and Predator 2. Nice. Uh, so everybody watched the new Predator trailer? Yeah. yeah. What do we think? Uh, we'll see. Feels a little PG for me. Yeah. And I don't know if I... I got super excited when I heard Fred Decker was involved, and then I realized there seems to be a lot of children in the trailer. And it's like, well, I don't know if that belongs in a Predator movie or not. There's only one child in the trailer. That's a lot. Okay. All things considered. (laughs) Well, you know Thomas Jane's in the movie. Yeah. He's not a child. We just barely saw him. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's hard to know from the trailer. To be honest, I'm going to watch it, so it doesn't really matter. What the I was going to say, I mean, we're going to watch it, right? Yeah. I feel like they, they really lost the uh, lost the uh, thread with the Predator movies. Yeah. Which one do you think it was where they fell off? Uh, I think it. I, I like. Don't, don't get me wrong, because I really like it too. But I think too, it definitely was already on. I'm I'm three for three on Predator movies so far. I like them all. Yeah, you're not counting the Alien vs Predator movies in this universe. No, those those never happened. It's really okay. unfortunate that they did because so everyone was so excited for them, but somebody dropped the ball and never made them. So yeah. right. I actually thought the second one wasn't too bad. Oh, you're you're horrible, Noah. The first one's good. The second one was terrible. No, the first one's like PG sci-fi garbage, which is fine. No, it's not. The second one was like Dawson's Creek with a predator and an alien in it. Dawson's, but... Dawson's Creek with a pregnancy war filled with ruptured stomachs. <laughs> uh oh! Also looks like uh. Jake Busey's in this one. Yes, apparently he plays Gary Busey's son. Yeah, I know. Like the Gary Busey character's son. That's uh, probably a pretty big stretch for him. Uh, I think you mispronounced his name. His name is Teeth. (laughs) I actually used to think Jake Busey was going to be a big star at one point, because he was in like a few things, and I thought he did okay, and then all of a sudden he started showing up in directed DVD shit. You know why? Yeah. 
Can't just file those things down. Look normal for a while. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. When you've got an odd look, if you ain't Steve Buscemi, you are meaningless. <laughs> and even him, I'm not exactly sure how he got past it. Because Steve Buscemi is one of the greatest actors of our time. He is, as but everyone there, knows. But there are a lot of ugly guys who are fucking phenomenal actors who never get their due. They're not Steve Buscemi good. <laughs> They're not, you know, get chopped up in a wood chipper good. Right. Exactly. Um, so speaking of trailers, I just posted the trailer for the uh, recently canceled uh, Tremors series in the Facebook group. Yeah. How do we feel? Is was that was that a lost opportunity? They're idiots. I have no idea why they didn't pick that up. It, yeah, I. It looks really good. The only concern I have with it is it seems to ignore all the sequel movies, which is a little upsetting to me because some of those are fun. But. Yeah, I was wondering about that. The dude who plays Bert had to be pissed whenever they were like, hey, yeah, you're not going to be in this. Uh, yeah. From what I understand, he was like scheduled to like hop on. I think they were probably going to reshoot some of the uh, the pilot after he signed on. Okay. Um, but then, you know, it got canceled. So, Well, if, yeah, like if he's still doing Tremor 6, <laughs> I'm sure he's perfectly happy to be doing that. No, no, no. That's Michael, that's Michael Gross. Oh, you're thinking, oh, okay, I got my characters mixed up. Huh. Wow, I know who you mean. Uh, I don't know the actress name off the top of my head. Fred Ward. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah, Fred Ward reuniting with Kevin Bacon for Tremors TV series. So they were, you know, they were, they were the two in the first movie. And I think he was going to hop back on. But then, you know, the pilot didn't get picked up, so that's a waste. And then I was curious to see if Michael Gross would show up as part of the show. If they're going to cross over universes or how that was going to work. I'll tell you what. If fucking Jamie Kennedy showed up in one goddamn episode of that show, I'd be done. I, Man, I, I hate Jamie Kennedy. I fucking hate Jamie Kennedy. I would, I would fucking love to have that show be amazing and then just episode three Jamie Kennedy shows up and Noah's just <laughs> losing his mind because everything's oh. perfect except that he's just a background extra. So It's so odd too because I do not have a lot of actors who just instantly fucking agitate me. I fucking hate Jamie Kennedy. He's not a good actor. Oh. He's not fucking funny. I just I don't fucking get it. I just want to point out, you might not have a lot of actors that instantly irritate you and set you off, but you got a lot of just general things that do, and they're, and they're a weird assortment. So It doesn't surprise me at all that Jamie Kennedy's on that list. Listen, just, just because I get angry when people use the wrong word for things doesn't, doesn't mean I'm OCD or something. Oh, come on. Jamie Kennedy experiment? You weren't a fan? No. That was a great show. I loved it. What about that break no. and, and I'm going to go ahead and say this because it's going to be weird because I love terrible movies. I fucking hate Scream. I hate it. I hate everything to do with it. Every what? single fucking film. I hate it. What Scream's is the matter awful. with you? Scream ruined horror movies. Uh, I beg to differ. They saved horror movies. Decade. No, you are wrong. They are, the, they are the reason why every movie in the fucking 90s and shit was all those 
goddamn shit fest. I know what you did last summer, fucking Which non I supernatural slasher crap. Urban Legend also enjoyed that oh. one. Ugh. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst movies. <laughs> yeah, they only made like a billion dollars because horror didn't make any money at that point. But you know, whatever. I know. It's hard to say it too. Wes Craven. I love Wes Craven. Yeah. And he made uh, two great franchises Nightmare on Elm Street and the Scream franchise. One, one great franchise. <laughs> where do you where do you lie in this this debate, Doug? I'm a I'm, I'm a big Scream fan. At least I love the first one. I the sequels are good, not great. But uh, yeah, I can watch any Scream movie anytime. Even the fourth one, I liked. Mm. Not a huge fan of the TV series. It's disappointing. I really enjoyed the TV series. Now they're rebooting it. I think I only watched like the first season and like the first episode of the second season, and like halfway through that first episode of season two, I was like, I, f- I don't like this show. Why do I keep watching it? <laughs> so I just stopped. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. You don't know that they stopped on a giant cliffhanger. Didn't and... he get picked up by somebody else after that? I remember reading all this. What's that? I thought it get, didn't it get picked up after it got it got canceled on the cliffhanger? Didn't like well, Netflix it didn't get canceled. They're, they're rebooting it. Oh, meaning they're going to do an all new cast, all new story. Apparently, Queen Latifah is going to be a producer on it because that makes sense. Maybe she's like a really good producer, and you just Maybe. don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Poison, poisoned water, I say. I just know that uh, when it comes back, it's going to be required viewing for Noah for every every week. So, no, <laughs> no. no. I'm just saying that movie. It had fucking Matthew Illard, who I love, and Henry Winkler, who I love with a weird, undying passion, and they still couldn't save that fucking. I I hate it. Hate it. And Nev Campbell, who was amazing in it, and Rose McGowan, who was amazing in it, and Pete yeah. Ulrich, who was amazing in it, and Jamie Kennedy, who was amazing in it. No! <laughs> take it. You take it back. I just made I a little mental note of how easy it is to set no off. <laughs> talk about Scream. So are we adding Scream to the list? Why well, is, is that what this means? I don't see any way around it at this point. I thought, is, I thought we were doing things that weren't pop culture. <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna. It's gonna be like a scream month, so it'll be like scream, and oh, then yeah. like I know what you did last summer. No. And then scream two, and like urban legend. <laughs> scream three, Valen- Valentine. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any way around this. <laughs> This will be the best month ever. <laughs> this is going to be like a, str- a strong negotiating when I send him a list of these movies are coming off of our to watch list unless Scream goes on. <laughs> Listen, if you guys decided you wanted to do Scream, I would watch Scream. And then you guys could hear me bitch and moan about it. <laughs> that, that, that seems worth it to me off the top of my head. Like, Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. 
I know it's weird. I'm gonna get hate mail about it too because people get so fucking bent out of shape whenever you're like screaming. Fucking sucks. <laughs> Uh, but we are not talking about Scream this week. Um, we haven't done some actual horror movies in a while, so we decided to pick some off our list. And uh, does anybody remember why we teamed these two movies up together? Demons! Okay, just the theme demons in, in general? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Not really, though. And, and the zero explanation kind of thing, where it's just like, no, no, there's, there's demons. Let's go. They're both, they're both the monsters in them. They're both from the 80s. That's enough. We're not that well organized a program. <laughs> no, and the funny thing is, uh, like, the way that we... So our friend Julie does the little answering machine bit at the beginning from uh, 19 Nocturne Boulevard. If you don't listen to her audio programs, you should go listen. Um, but since we have her do that we have to basically plan out at least a list of what we want to do and so then she records everything all at once so then we're pretty much locked into this is what we have available to watch that's already been pre-recorded which actually kind of works out because then we can't wander too far off script yeah it's been pretty good so far but then the things are like like last week where she had already recorded that and locked into that show <laughs> and it would have been more fun to kill ourselves than watch those movies so <laughs> uh, so we decided uh, let's do some more some straight up horror movies we haven't done them in a while um, and I know that made Doug very happy yay for horror movies so Doug why don't you tell us uh, about the movie Demons okay you want a detailed plot description of Demons Sure. Uh, okay, a bunch of people are handed free passes to go see a movie. They go into the theater. Something within the movie causes people to start turning into demons. And uh, all hell breaks loose. And randomly there are punks driving around town who <laughs> come in at the end to save the day. Because why not? Let's let the punks save the day. <laughs> And they literally snort cocaine out of a Coke can, which I, I read was one of your favorite parts. It is uh, it is absolutely amazing. It's probably the best thing about this movie is watching... It's like obvious Coke product placement. Like, they're focusing in on the can as the can is handed back from person to person, and then they're snorting it through a straw, snorting cocaine out of a Coke can. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think this is what Coke had in mind when they paid a million dollars to this company to have their product on the screen. Flash fact, the uh, the scene where they're doing that and they shake the can and the Coke goes all over the car. Yeah. Uh, with the video nasties and all that kind of stuff. That's the thing that got censored in this movie. Not all <laughs> the grotesque violence and just over the top batshit stuff that goes on in this film. No, it's the one time they spill a little bit of Coke in the car. Well, that's not right. It figures. I am so glad that they didn't edit any of the the gore and violence out of this film because it is glorious. I had I don't think I've ever seen this start to finish, or at least if I had, it hadn't been for a long, long time. Mm. And every time there was a person getting turned into a demon, and they zoomed in on the like disgusting cut, and those like pussy bubbles started coming out and popping like disgusting zits. I was so happy. 
it is so disgusting and it is just it's going to be upsetting to the vast majority of normal human beings who watch it but that doesn't really apply around here it, it made me so happy yeah so they kind of treat the demons like zombies in this movie where yeah. if you get like bit or whatever then you end up turning into a demon or if you put on that mask at the beginning, you can get turned into a demon. Yeah, if you accidentally scratch yourself with it. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter why they're turning into demons. It's not explained. That's the one thing. This movie knows exactly what it is. At no point in time is there, like, some demonologist in the back of the room that just explains what's going on. You know, this is about awesome visuals, great kills, great gore effects just all the way through and it nothing else matters <laughs> yeah no uh, this is this is about a blind I, guy stumbling through the balcony and ended up dying because because his uh his wife slash girlfriend i think it might be supposed to be his daughter well then his daughter who he has a weird relationship with see i thought it was his personal assistant for the longest part of the time, and, and I kind of thought possibly daughter as well. So, well, she's like making out with that other guy, and she's like, "Oh, he knows, he knows we're here." So I felt like she was like having an affair with like right in front of him since he was blind because she's that horrible of a person. But I don't know. I don't, it didn't make sense. It doesn't. Really Either way, she ends up leaving him to go make out with her boyfriend, and he gets killed by demons. Uh, as he's stumbling around blind around this balcony. But when his like eyes are like torn out and they're all bloodied and running down his face though, that's super cool looking. <laughs> Are you gonna say something, Noah? Uh yeah. Everything's awesome. No. <laughs> no, he he said the only thing that mattered was the awesome gore, and I and I believe he's wrong because there is a scene of a guy riding a dirt bike through a movie theater with a katana. Fighting <laughs> demons. It's a valid point. Which, son of a bitch, that's a good fucking thing to have happen. <laughs> I think it's like early on in the movie when you see like a you see stuff out in like the lobby of the theater and you're wondering why all that's there, and it's like, oh, because they're gonna use all that stuff to fight demons later. <laughs> it's, it's almost like that's why it was put there. I'm just saying. So I think I think if you're making a list of uh, over the top gore movies that that are probably the best ones, this has got to be top three. I mean, and, and I'm pretty sure the other two are Evil Dead and Dead Alive. It's plausible. This movie, I think, definitely borrowed from Evil Dead. A lot of the early visuals, when there's only one or two demons running around, reminded me a lot of the Evil Dead uh, demons. Well, it was Italian. So you can't expect that much of it. No. And, and I'm not even, like, I would call it more of a tribute to than a ripping off of. I mean, the plot line is, I mean, the plot line of Evil Dead is a bunch of people go to a cabin and there's demons there. This is a bunch of people go to a movie theater and there's demons there. And it's just, they had more of a budget or they were working somewhere where the actors are cheaper or something. And they could just have more people locked in a place while demons showed up. That's all. And that's fine. Like that's, I think they knew what they were doing. It's not like this movie takes itself seriously and is trying to like sell off, sell itself as new ideas. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you telling me that the guy who's essentially a pimp with his two uh, hookers uh, is uh, not taking itself seriously? 
Tony Tony is one of the greatest horror movie characters ever. I, I love that guy, man. I love the look with the shaved head and the sideburns and the giant handlebar mustache. I like the way he talked to everybody. I like how he's kind of a pimp, but they won't say that in the dialogue, so he refers to the hookers as his friends that he went to the movie with. I mean, you also have a sexy but suspiciously young punk rock chick. Uh, who's not quite as awesome as Trash, but but she's a good stand-in. <laughs> <sighs> oh God! Um, so I feel like if they would have remade this movie like a couple years after it came out, like in America, that Ken Foray would have played the pimp guy. Yeah, I was before you guys brought him up. I was just going to just casually drop. It's too bad they couldn't afford Ken Foray. <laughs> <laughs> And Doug, I saw on Instagram that you were a big fan of the soundtrack of this movie. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Like at the beginning, the soundtrack pops up, right, and I start seeing like original songs by Motley Crue and Rick Springfield in the same movie. <laughs> like this could be outstanding. But I was so caught up in the excitement of this film that I didn't even notice it. When, I don't know when <laughs> any of those songs played because <laughs> I was having too much fun. Like I can't even be bothered to pay attention to what noises are happening. I'm busy watching the visuals. And there's Billy Idol and some other stuff. Oh, yeah. Tons yeah. of great stuff. Yeah, they, of course, play White Wedding as the punks are driving around snorting coke. Yeah. Which is, that one was, like, a little stereotypical. <laughs> but I'm still kind of okay with that. Um, any favorite kills? <sighs> it's hard to say. Uh, uh, Tony's death, probably. Yeah, I was gonna say when the demons awesome. like drag him over, and then like yeah. there's the hung demon that's like got a hold of him, and then more demons are hanging off, and they're all still ripping at him. I did like that the the demons, despite being completely monstrous, still pulled the Jason Voorhees of like setting some of the bodies up to be found. Like when that one falls from the ceiling in the middle of the crowd, and he's he's like hung up there by the neck. I'm like, first of all, that demon knows how to tie knots, which is kind of cool. But then secondly, I'm like, this is just the idea that that these are monstrous, disgusting demons, but they're doing this. Yeah, and as far as effects, the effect where the, the full demon rips out of the girl's back, that's one of the coolest horror movie moments ever. That was really cool. Yeah, that was good. There was also the one, I think it was the first girl when she was turning, they would do like the close-ups on various parts of her body, and when they did the teeth transforming, that was just fucking disgusting and horrible. It was just like, like it was literally like the demon teeth growing in and pushing her human teeth out of the way, and it looked fantastic. Yeah. How how much uh, input do you think Dario Argento had on this film? Because he was the producer, he and was. he does get main credit, which that's unusual for a producer. Well, he was also a big name at this point, comparatively speaking, right? But I, I would argue, like, normally I would say, you know, he just slapped his name on it. But, man, the use of colors and stuff in this is all very Argento-y. Yeah, I can see that argument. There's a lot of those shots when they're waiting to see if the demons find a way up after the all the human characters kind of like they're stuck up. I think it's like up on the balcony. And they're get those shots of like that stairway with the blue light coming up. Those feel like Argento shots. And also... Uh, towards the beginning of the movie when that first girl is being chased around and she ends up being behind the 
movie screen. And so you've got the movie playing kind of in, in reverse behind her and she's getting attacked. That felt very Argento to me. And it looked great. So I wonder if he was at some point, you know, on set kind of directing the director. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm completely speculating there. If anyone's wondering, I don't know who made what decisions. So I'm just but, saying we watched we watched a few of the trailers for other movies that uh, Baba made. Yeah, and and they don't seem to be quite as aware of the color schemes and stuff as this. I think he was on set. He's like, no, no, you need blue, blue, lots of blue. Yeah blue lights and then uh, she's going to have the blood come out of her mouth but it will be a neon green <laughs> everybody's like that's going to look stupid no awesome uh, there's I don't think there's anything in this movie that it didn't look great um, you know, like I say it wasn't just the gore it was everything else as well I mean, setting aside the 1985 fashion decisions <laughs> um not everybody can be Tony. Yeah. But uh, it was... I don't know, it just it felt like... Even though there, like, there is no plot to this movie, it's just a gore fest. There's like less plot to this than there is to slashers. But still, somehow, it's... This, uh, everything just really works well. Did you ever... Uh, did you ever watch part two? Not yet, but I'm gonna. Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't seen part two? We should do I don't part think two. So. We should yeah. do part two for the show, although it'll be a little odd because it's one of those things where it's pretty close to being the same movie. That's fine. Even to the point that they hired some of the same actors to play different characters. Yeah. That's okay. That's that happens. That's the kind of thing that happens, you know. It's it's basically demons in a uh, apartment complex instead of in a movie theater. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd be down with that because you have a lot more staircases and they could do more of that blue light shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about uh, demons? What, what do you guys think of the end? This could be a big gush fest. Well, this it's, movie deserves to be gushed over. It's oh, I totally. mean, again, yeah, like again, like if you're looking for like a really like in depth kind of plot and storyline and you want characters this is not the movie for you it is it is wonderful to look at and if you're a gore hound it is just every few minutes there's a shot i get the beginning i was worried this movie was going to be way too slow because there's a lot of like people walking around being handed tickets to something but then it turns out they're being handed tickets to this awesome event so yeah you can literally tell everybody's personality in this movie by how they're dressed yeah and that's literally <laughs> pretty much like as far in depth as it goes. Yeah, which is fine by my by my totally. standards, like totally. that, because it knows that's what it's doing, right? It's not like it's pretending to be anything else. Hmm. Um, what? What do you guys think? Oh, go uh, ahead. I was gonna say, what do you guys think of the ending? Why? Just because it's like so dark and disturbing. <laughs> Well, it's just, especially with the fact that, so you haven't seen the sequel, but the sequel, like, just ignores that this movie exists. Yeah. And I, I always that thought that that was disappointing, because with the way that this movie ends, 
I really want there to be 20 fucking sequels and it to go like the Phantasm route where it just goes like from a very, you know, kind of claustrophobic everything's in this one building to just being, you know, five guys on the road fighting the demons. <laughs> yeah, I think it it sets up a world like I guess we didn't describe that, but at the end basically nothing happens. The demons just keep taking over more and more. And like our last few human characters are like, fuck this, and they're gonna go start a new life somewhere. <laughs> Which is kind of funny that they give up that early. Um, but that having been said, it it is a cool, fun, nihilistic ending. Mm. Yeah, and sort of the main uh, woman we've been following turns out she got bit at some point, and we didn't realize it. Yeah. So they have to shoot her and basically just throw her off the back of the truck. Yeah. Um, basically, you can think of Demons 2 as the Return of the Living Dead 2 of the series. Okay. Where it's literally, we're just going to start over, same actors, different characters. Basically the same story. All right, I'll watch it. You've convinced me. <laughs> I want to see how they handle the, some of the more intriguing plot points next time. Such really as had the to bubbling news. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Doug, you want to see sort of the same movie with uh, some uh, gore effects? Yes, please. Yo, everyone knows I'm a gore hound. I love it. Uh, it's it, when they do it right and they can just everything can be as disgustingly fun as it was in this movie. Because that's the thing, is it wasn't like torture porny type gore, where it's like, I didn't feel bad for any of these people when they died, or I wasn't worried somebody was really getting hurt. I was just excited to watch it happen. And like like I say, those like bubbling that came out of people's necks when they get bit, it was disgusting. It was the horror movie equivalent to those like online videos of people popping their zits. <laughs> it's great. That should be on the poster. <laughs> Just pencil it in there. It'd be fine. Yeah. The horror movie equivalent of Dr. Zip Popper. <laughs> Doug, Midnight Driving. <laughs> the uh, the only other thing I noticed about this movie that I thought was really interesting, uh, were you guys fans of Masters of Horror? I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. But the, the John Carpenter one, Cigarette Burns? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was a spiritual sequel to this? Like, <sighs> this would have been the showing of the movie that caused everybody to go nuts and go crazy, and nobody understands why. That's how it, that's how this felt to me very much. Like that movie they were watching was the Fams. This seems like the, the description of what happened in that movie is exactly what happened in this movie. And Dumont. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can sort of see it. If you take this and sort of mix it with uh, In the Mouth of Madness a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because even like that visual I mentioned earlier of the guy with the eyes poked out and the, the blood dripping down his face reminded me very much of the visual from Cigarette Burns that is one of the coolest shots in that. Isn't there a katana sword in that too? Holy shit, it fits. I think I think that this movie definitely helped to inspire that. Not saying oh. not saying they're meant to be set in the same universe, just I know. You want to watch the movie. 
Uh, uh, that had me so excited. I'm like, John Carpenter's back! And then I watched the second episode of Masters of Horror, and it was terrible. You could, there's a, a horror etc. episode where you can hear a, quite the debate about that because I'm a I'm a fan of that second one. Ugh, no. What was the second one? Pro life. <sighs> yeah. It's uh, Ron Perlman. I don't remember. Is he trying to break into it's, an abortion clinic? Or? Yeah, it's Ron Perlman's daughter is trying to get an abortion. Ron Perlman is and is like I think it's his sons are trying to break in to stop it from happening. It's like a siege movie that ends with the uh, turns out the baby is like a demon of some kind and that's why she I'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> He's going to watch it. But yeah. I like I anyways. No, I gotta I, go put my dog in the pen, I'll be right back. Oh, okay. That's He's being serious. <laughs> I wish he'd said yes. He's going to watch it. That'd be funnier. <laughs> but it was my point. My point was just that I loved the siege element of that episodes of Masters of Horror that were somehow on a tangent about. Yeah, and I haven't watched this since uh, I originally watched it, which is right after it came out on DVD. So maybe I'm remembering it badly. But I think I just loved Cigarette Burn so much that I was just disappointed when I watched it. Well. There's two full seasons of Masters of Horror, and I think Cigarette Burns is the best one. So it's like 22 hour long movies. I will not disagree with that. I feel like that one just kind of overshadowed most of the other ones. Alright, sorry about that. We decided it would have been funnier if you said you were going to go watch that, and then just got up and left. <laughs> Gotta see it. Yep. <laughs> What, Ron Perlman? Gotta go. <laughs> it's the reverse Jamie Kennedy effect. <laughs> Ron Perlman, the anti-Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna assume big recommend for demons. Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, yes, yeah. for sure, uh, the movie is fantastic. I, I think. Agree. I think it's one of the horror movies that, like, everyone who considers themselves to be a horror fan should have it on the highest quality film stock they can have. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I ever watched it was on YouTube. And that's the only place I could really find it. And I'm like, well, never seen it. Always wanted to see it. Might as well watch it on YouTube. And that was, like, blurry as shit. But, uh, into the buying it on Blu-ray... Still haven't dove into the extra features yet, but I'm gonna have to make that happen this weekend. Well, I can give you a heads up and say there is a much better quality copy on YouTube right now. So, oh. if people are if people are curious, haven't seen it in a while or whatever, it's there. I assume it's legally there because nobody's taking it down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but buy it. Yeah, I mean it's worth buying it. Oh sure, yeah. Tell everybody if you can't if you can't afford it, I totally understand. But if you've got the money, buy it. You you're not going to be mad that you bought it. And uh, I ended up watching it at work today since I had already seen it, and watched it on Shutter. And the 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 version they have on there is like pristine. So it was really cool watching it again to be able to you know actually see everything. And they've got two on Shutter as well. If anything, yeah. All right, well, I guess let's move on to the next one. Noah, why don't you 
Tell us about Rawhead Rex. Rawhead Rex is the story of a sleepy, trailer trashy little Irish town uh, where a writer is come to visit and is doing some research on a book he's writing about churches that are built on ancient sacred sites. Uh, and while this is all going on, some farmer's fucking around with an obelisk and wakes up a demon. The demon goes on a fucking rampage and kills a shit ton of people. And uh, and there's some kind of a magic statuey thing that lets a woman beat it. But who thinks Yep. Yep, pretty much. Except technically, I think a pagan god, not a demon. De- demon-ish. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> Demon-ish, dressed like a biker for some reason. Yeah, that's how pagan gods used to dress. That's why I pointed it out. <laughs> who, who looks like a cross between Predator and a horse. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. With, like, the top half of his face being completely non-movable in every way. Yeah, he's, he's very rubbery. I will say, I thought the the... The demon, the pagan god, whatever the fuck, Rex. Um, I thought he uh, looked cool in the dark, like during the night scenes when they kind of just gave you really quick glimpses of him and stuff, and he was just yes. mauling people. When he attacks the kid in the car in plain daylight, I was like, that is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And, and they insist on close-ups of that yes. immovable face. Yeah, I, yeah. The the problem with this movie is that the director doesn't know how to shoot around their budget, right? Because mm-hmm. they obviously couldn't make the monster look the way they wanted it to look. But like you say, the, you keep it in the dark. You don't do close-ups. You, there, there's ways around that, and they just really didn't. <laughs> they just they treated it like they had the best special effect in the world, and they wanted to show it off. <laughs> But it didn't quite work out. But there are other things to enjoy in the movie. You also got uh, the crazy preacher guy who says fuck a lot. Yeah. Something really entertaining about that. Uh, These stained glass windows in the church that like blatantly show the thing they're looking for. Yeah. I like the part where he's like going like that's the monster and he's pointing at the stained glass window and they're all acting like what are you talking about? And it's like the picture of the monster in the window. Like you you come to this church every day, you know that's there. It's set up so that when it's sunny outside the fucking thing's eyes glow red just like the real one does. <laughs> and nobody wants to believe him. They all call the pre- Rawhead! Rawhead! <laughs> the name is pretty cheesy. I feel like that's something where it's like, that probably didn't sound as bad, like, or it didn't come across as bad when it was in a book, and then when they translated it and said Rawhead out loud, <laughs> it sounded a bit silly, and they're like, nah, we're not going to fix that. Like, oh, I don't know. That sounds kind of bad. Maybe we should, uh, nope, already shot it. Don't have time. Move it on. Yeah, Clive Barker was like, don't you change that fucking name. <laughs> Everybody told me Pinhead sounded stupid. They were wrong. Well, technically, he didn't name him Pinhead. And technically, that movie came out a year after this one, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of problems there, but... 
Everybody told me that making Cabal into a movie was a bad idea. And it, it, it did very poorly, but it's a really awesome movie. Um, okay. <laughs> Nightbreed? Have you never read the short story? Oh, Nightbreed. For some reason, I thought, I don't know, I, I must have, like, stopped listening for, like, two seconds and thought you were talking about this movie. So, da-dum-dum... Yeah, I thought this movie was boring as shit to the last 20 minutes. Oh, see, I don't think it's boring. I think it's a perfectly... Uh, it's kind of got that cheesy 80s uh, supernatural slasher kind of thing to it that I really fucking like. Uh, uh, just to reiterate, Nightbreed is fucking awesome. Just to, cl- to clear that up. Oh, no, no it's one of my favorite fucking movies. Yes. Nightbreed's great, but that's not what we're talking about here today, guys. Back no, on, no, no, I back on track. I just want to make sure everybody, I was not talking bad about Nightbreed. Nightbreed's awesome. This movie <laughs> I thought was boring as shit. It's just like that dude walking around a lot. I think this movie uh, had like, real, tone, real tonal problems because I think it it was written as like a serious movie with some serious commentary about the churches and this guy is supposed to be doing investigating then it was filmed as a low-budget slasher. And I think the low-budget slasher elements are fun to watch, but then they make the other parts seem really, really boring. Whereas if this were, if there was actually like a mystery to this movie, then you would be interested in watching that guy walk around a lot. But you're not... We've all seen Rawhead Rex's close-up 12 times by the time he's like, wait a minute, maybe it's the monster from the stained glass. True. I, I can completely understand. I mean, uh, Clive Barker's on the record. He hates this movie. And I get it. Like, I, I get why, knowing him, I've not read the, the short story, but knowing him and how seriously he takes his work to have made this sort of fun to watch, but ostensibly jokey film about it, <laughs> um, it, it must have pissed him off something awful. I'll tell you what, though, that might be the reason why we got director Clive Barker. It's... Because he might have been like, no, I'm a perfectionist and they fucked it up. Next time I do it myself. I've I've read that that's exactly what happened. <laughs> was he saw this movie and was like, you're not making any of my other stories into movies unless I have full control. So, Doug, I'm sure you said a bunch of uh, super intelligent stuff. Yeah. Um, my ear, and it took a little. All I heard was and then silence for a while. Okay. So good job. All right. <laughs> I just, I was, it was funny because it was going on forever. And I'm he, like, I bet Doug sang a really, really important. He basically said that all. there was the potential for an intelligent movie about this guy investigating things, and the low budget flasher oh. stuff ruined it. They should have yeah. Yeah, they totally shit the bed. I feel like the uh at the end when he's just sort of like barreling through people. Yeah. I enjoyed. But everything oh leading up to it, I was like, this is horrible. When he goes on the rampage at the trailer park, it's like, there you go, that's what this movie should be. If you're gonna use that monster effect and you're not gonna hide it in shadows and you're just gonna have it out there and just have it attack a trailer park, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I, I feel like they could have stashed the monster kind of in a background plot yeah. and focused on the crazy preacher guy. Yeah. 
that would have worked. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a better movie. And I, and I mean, obviously, like Barker was trying to work in commentary about the churches, like taking over, and uh, like sites and traditions of other religions and corrupting them and things like that. And it's like, yeah, that's that's true. The churches do that, and if you want to have that conversation through the telling of the story, then do that. But to have those elements in the movie but not explore them makes them seem superfluous. So it was kind of just, I don't know, it was, it, every scene felt like it was from a different And then some of the character motivations kind of go out the window when you're, I mean, you've got you've got this weird investigation going on and then you've got a scene where a girl's like running, holding her boyfriend's hand and Brad Rex kills the boyfriend and when she gets there, she's still holding the severed hand. It's like, well, that doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> That belongs so. in every movie. <laughs> like, okay, but if, if that if that scene's in the movie, then the more investigative scenes do not belong. I guess. Yeah, the scenes of uh, dad sitting around the PlayStation, like getting pissed off because they went, they're not listening to him about what killed his son and like all that nonsense. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I felt some of that too. It's just. Like, why was the dad... Like, I understand you're upset if your kid gets killed, right? But I don't understand why that dad was yeah. reacting that way to those police officers. Because they didn't believe him about a giant monster. Yeah. Like, of course they didn't. Why would they? Yeah, I did like when they told him, like, oh, the inspector's busy or whatever. It's the police officer's like, so would you like a cup of tea? And he just turns up and he's like, why don't you go fuck yourself? Uh, all right, I'll pass that on. And he just walks out. Everybody was telling everybody to go fuck themselves in this movie. It was like a very standard line of dialogue, and I enjoyed it, especially when it came from the priest's mouth. I think that was the same scene where he smashes the guy's Polaroid camera. Uh, that's so funny. Ah, the Irish. <laughs> uh, I don't know any other favorite parts if there is such a thing I think like all the kill scenes were pretty fun uh, you know the trailer park especially like I say everything that happened at that trailer park I enjoyed because it was all ridiculous yeah um, so like yeah I don't think I'm nearly as down on this movie as you are because I'm not sitting here saying like oh it's not good. I'm just saying it's it's uneven. It's still kind of fun to watch, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like what you said of the monster, or maybe Noah. I don't know. One of you said it with my internet issues. I don't know what it was, but if the monster was a little bit more of a background player, I think that would have helped. I think putting him front and center uh, did not uh, did not endear it. Yeah, and again, I just think it's a different movie with him front and center, and they should have changed the rest of the movie to match that. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody feel like there should have been a few more hints at the fact that the uh, the statue thing needed to be used by a woman? Like, other than the fact that he doesn't kill the pregnant lady at the beginning of the movie, which the main character would not fucking know that. And then the little statue looks like a little pregnant lady. And then at the end, whatever, you know, the wife picks it up and it starts working. He's like, oh, it needed to be a woman. 
It's like, well, don't feel bad, dude. There's no way you could have fucking known that. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing in this movie explained that to you. Again, yeah, I think if if this is a more serious movie, then we need those hints and we need as an audience to be able to figure that out on our own without it being spoken. If this is just a dumb slasher movie, then I'm fine with the way it played out. And the, the, pl- the problem with this movie is it doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Acceptable. So no. would you would you say it's a recommend from you, Doug? Yeah, it's borderline. It it's a fun watch. It's not necessarily a good movie in those, but if you, if you like you know low budget eighties horror movies, there's lots of fun to be had watching those. Yeah. that's that's pretty close to what I would say. I mean, it's a it's a supernatural slasher, which uh, I feel like is kind of a lost genre anymore. Like you don't get a lot of that. You know what would have really helped this movie, though, I think? Would have been just a little more Jamie Kennedy. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. So we got a couple pieces of feedback. And of course, uh, our friend Brian sent a super long email, which I commented about on Facebook. And Eric had to feel like a giant smartass and send in a longer email just to compete with Brian for some reason. So just to warn everybody, there's going to be a couple long emails. I condense Brian's down a little bit. But Doug's, or Noah said that he uh, would read Eric's in total because I guess that's what we do. Hey, if you're going to be that petty and write a long ass <laughs> torturous email, I'm going to read it. <laughs> uh all right, so Brian with an I sends an email titled Ain't My Reanimator. And he says, Sup, guys, so since I posted about the new reanimator on the Facebook group and Doug assigned me to watch it, I've come to report on my findings. Since Lovecraft is considered public domain, I guess this isn't really a remake of the 80s version, just another take on the story. First, yes, it's called Herbert West Reanimator. Yes, it involves somebody reanimating dead bodies. Yes, it has the iconic green reanimation juice, but there is no way this is a reanimator movie. And then he intends to say, no fucking way. Um, he says his first issue is that it's an Italian film, which normally is fine as long as you got subtitles, but guess what? No subtitles. Wait, so you watched a movie in a language he didn't understand? Yeah, pretty much. Well, that, that's going to be problematic every time. <laughs> so he thought it was an issue with the app because there were subtitles for like the first like three lines of dialogue and then nothing for the rest of the movie. <laughs> he thought it was an issue with the app. Nope. Same thing. So I sat through this whole goddamn movie trying to figure out what the hell is going on in Italian. And that's the thing. I had absolutely no fucking idea what was going on. 
Um, you would think it's not hard to make a reanimator movie, but no, these guys made this indie art house thing that made no sense. Um, they, were, they were yelling gibberish. <laughs> I'm not sure if Brian's reviewing the movie or just spewing anti-Italian racism right now. <laughs> Bippity-boppity. Um, I guess the guy that's playing Herbert West who looks more like Guillermo del Toro than Jeffrey Combs, his daughter's killed in a car accident, so he tries to revive her and it doesn't go well. <laughs> so he kills her and revives her again with the same results and kills her again and revives her again. Um, then I guess it finally takes and she grows up. Oh, and mind you, I'm kind of spoiling this, so if you don't like it, oh well. Then she grows up to be a concert violinist, as you do. Uh, then she goes crazy and starts randomly killing people. Um, takes a bath in some black goo shit. Then she comes out as a guy who actually looks more like Herbert West should. Then there's test subjects other stuff people die i don't know what the fuck is going on it's the bottom line if you speak italian or can find a way to get some subtitles maybe it's worth a watch but for me not worth it funny thing is on imdb there's a listing for a new reanimator starring brad duraf and lynn shay hmm. okay that's interesting to me yeah i wouldn't say no to that uh i was like sweet until i read the description it's the same fucking plot. No, with like 10 O's behind it. Reanimator is probably my favorite horror movie, and I would actually love to see a reboot more in line with Lovecraft's story, period setting and all, but don't fucking call your movie Reanimator and not follow the basic plot elements of the original story or movie. I'm done. Uh, then he says, he says he's done, but then he says two more things. <laughs> <laughs> fucking liar just finished listening to meg on audiobook and is delightful the movie looks pretty fun but of course they got to change shit around to please the masses the book really doesn't fuck around lots of people dying by means of shark munching in quite gruesome ways there are several other books in the series and i'll be checking them out you should too and finally rawhead fucking rex so obviously I'm sitting this in before you record, so I won't know your opinions, and hopefully I won't anger anyone. This movie isn't good. <laughs> the creature design looks like bad cosplay, but goddamn it, I laughed my laugh my ass off when he attacks the first cabin and decides to trash it like a coked out '80s rock star with a hotel room. I'm dying. When you have completely random and inappropriate makeout sessions, first with the Americans in the middle of the street, and the old lady walks by judging them. Then with Touchy McFeely in the trailer in front of his little brother. I'm like, all right, that's the kind of movie this is. But by far, my favorite line of the movie is when the two priests are in the catacombs at the end, talking about Rex. And he says, good priest, it doesn't care about you. What do you think it'll do when it's, when it's finished with you? And the bad priest says, kill me, I hope. <laughs> that cracked me up. That fucking bad priest. I want to just see a compilation of his line, lines once he goes batshit crazy and wrecks causing property damage. All set to yakety sacks. Again, sorry so long, but you guys just bring that out of me. Keep up the uh, outstanding work. So I said I condensed it down, and I just read the whole email. Okay. 
Because I felt like, well, he, he does describe some of the movie, and I didn't really copy that, so maybe I should go look. And I read the whole thing. I need a good priest and a bad priest. <laughs> oh. That was too much for me. I'm going to need a small break. You guys continue with the feedback, and I'll be right back. <laughs> Are you really going to leave? Oh, shit. He did leave. He did leave. Where did he go? Son of a bitch. I knew we should have kicked him off the show forever ago. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Noah, me and you are going to take over the show. Get rid of him. It's all going to be Andy Sedaris all the time. <laughs> the Andy Sedaris Podcast. We're going to change our name to the Andy Sedaris Podcast. We review his 12 movies in order over and over and over again. For at least 200 episodes. It's going to be fantastic. And then we'll just review other action, late night Cinemax type movies. Ooh. And Doug can go fuck himself. A Cinemaction podcast. A Cinemaction podcast. See? <laughs> so, this is the last episode of the Midnight Drive In. The Cinema <laughs> Action podcast is coming soon. No Doug to interrupt all of our booby gazing and rocket launchers. <laughs> bringing, bringing down the show with his. Anti Sedaris comments. <laughs> anti anti frisbee death. The son of a bitch. So he's gone. I'm not letting him get off the hook. He's gonna have to listen to this whole Eric email as well. And then we're gonna fire him because Cinemaction is coming. <laughs> Cinemax Cinemaction After Dark. <laughs> it's gonna be the best podcast ever. <laughs> We'll review movies like The Witches of Brestwick. And, Lord of uh, the Ring. <laughs> all Jim Wynorski's movies that he made after he stopped making good ones. <laughs> it's literally, I have 10 Playboy Playmates I can choose from to be in my movie. Fucking Shannon Tweed movies. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I even forgot about her. She don't make movies no more. She's got that kiss money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Shannon Tweed cast. That's gonna be a good one. Oh my god! I'll t- I'll tell you what. Whenever it comes to like uh, being a young kid looking for a boob in a movie, that was always the best because you're flipping through, you know, and you're just trying to read the descriptions, trying to figure out if there's gonna be lots of nudity in it or not. You're always going to sign you back. Oh, shit, Shannon Tweed. Yeah, you know, she's going to be naked within five minutes of the movie. Uh, Oh, hey, Doug. What's up, buddy? Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey. Still doing feedback? Uh, Well, we'd have to have been doing feedback while you were gone to still be doing it. Oh. (laughs) So stuff. we definitely did not come up with a plan to kick you off the show and rename this the Andy Sedaris podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and, good. Then, and then after that's over, start the Cinemaction podcast where it's all just Cinemax after dark action movies. <laughs> How far into the Eric's email did you get? What? Uh, we didn't read one word. We waited for uh-huh. you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Just want you, we wanted you here with us, Doug. It's a family moment. 
So right. Noah, Noah, feel free to progress. All right. So from Eric. Hi, guys. I just saw your Facebook page that Brian Largent sent you the longest email ever. I normally send voicemails, but that sounded like a challenge. Challenge accepted. So a few weeks back, I recommended The Quiet Place to all of you, but I haven't heard you talking about it on the show. Have you any of you, have any of you had a chance to see it? It's my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, the name of your show is The Midnight Drive-In. I haven't been to the drive-in very often, but the most important moment of my life was at a drive-in was when I was five years old. The adults in my life totally failed me, and somehow my next-door neighbors ended up taking me to see Jaws. <laughs> he says, when I was five years old. Five years old. Did I mention I was five years old? Who the fuck takes a five-year-old to see Jaws? His neighbors, apparently. <laughs> I'm on the record as having shown Jaws to a three-year-old once. So. Good plan. He'll never get the bathtub. Uh, the only way I can conceive of this happening is that my next-door neighbor didn't realize how scary the movie was, and my parents didn't know what they were taking me to see. My mom has told me the story of how my father went to see Jaws on its initial theatrical run and was white as a sheet when he came home and said, there's no way he would have been on board with letting me go to see Jaws when I was five years old. Of course, my dad, when I was about that age, Oh, uh, of course, so my dad left when I was about that age, so he may have been gone already. I can't quite remember that good, because I was young. But you know what I do remember? Going to see Jaws when I was five years old. <laughs> You're really hammering that off. My next-door neighbors had a son that was a year older than me, and we were both in the back seat of their suburban. Uh, Man, my next-door neighbor loved his Suburban. <laughs> they got that thing when I was three years old, and the last time I checked, they still had it. I'm in my 40s now. But anyway, there I was. Ah, yes. <laughs> the drive-in. In the back seat, terrified. We were hiding in the back seat, daring each other to look. But then every time we looked, someone would get eaten by the shark. Not cool. So I was traumatized. And for about a year after that, I was convinced there was a shark under my bed. Did I mention I was five years old? Dumb five-year-old. Even even at five, you gotta know sharks live in water. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the pool. Everyone knows they were in the pool. <laughs> in the deep end where you can't see the bottom. Uh, the shark stayed under my bed until I was six years old and I started watching the show. That's incredible with John Davidson. Frank Tarkenton and Kathy Lee Crosby. I had a huge crush on Kathy Lee. Anyway, one night on... Uh, oh, sorry. Anyway, one night on That's Incredible, they showed a snake charmer making a cobra come out of a basket. It lunged at him, and at that moment, I was no longer a shark under my bed. It was a cobra. Speaking of cobras, did you guys ever watch the G.I. Joe cartoon? I watched it some, but I didn't remember any of these stories. Pretty much all I remember is that at the end of every show, they would teach an important life lesson to some doofus kid who would say, well, now I know. And G.I. Joe would character say, and knowing is, is half the battle. 
Oh man, this is so long. And then the majestic music would kick in, and you would feel good about life. Uh, speaking of Duff's kids, Duff's, Duff's, U-F-F-F-S, what the fuck? I'm no assuming idea. that was supposed to be dumb kids. It's, uh, sorry, you guys don't have teenage nieces, and I do. That's designated ugly fat friend. Oh. Yeah, I oh. I... I watched Lost in Space on Netflix. Well, Robinson is a complete loser and totally deserves to die. Oh, in that case, that's probably not what that stood for. Oh, that's funny. He screwed everything up and continues to screw everything up. Uh, and his dad is an a-hole, too. And his mom cheated to get him get them all into space, even though Will fails. Hey, those are spoilers, man. <laughs> spoilers, I'm skipping a couple sentences. There we go. I wish his whole email would have been spoilers. <laughs> right. Well, what about the reminiscing about G.I. Joe? Come to, come to think of it, the whole family deserves everything bad that happens to them. I hope season two has immense suffering in store for them. Speaking Lord. of science fiction, did you guys ever read Dune? That was a good book. The book is way better than any of the adaptations that have been attempted, although I like the worms in both of them. I like both the adaptations, just for different reasons, and I like them. Never seen them. You've never seen either of the Dune movies? We nope. do not have time for a tangent at all. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your reading. But that screams tangent, Doug! <laughs> uh, Take a drink of this water and choke it down. <laughs> <sighs> The slow knife goes through the shield, Doug. Uh, <laughs> speaking of worms crawling through the sand, do you guys like tremors? It's one of my favorites. I like the part where Kevin Bacon yells, Fuck you. <laughs> this is a really good part. God damn it. <laughs> Quit making points in your emails, Eric. All right. I just entered a contest for the Bloody Bits podcast on the Horrorphilia Network and yeah. won the complete Tremors collection on DVD. Uh, you guys should do more contests. Remember when you were the last Horrorcast and I won a copy of Neon Demon? That was cool. <laughs> that movie is pretty. You know what we should do for a contest? Give away copies of uh, The Terror of Dracula, because it's not like I don't have six of those. <laughs> do you really? I, I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> I have a lot of Terror of Dracula. Uh, Doug loves that movie. No. It's the terror of... <laughs> like, I, like I've said before, it's the terror of people touching things. Why is everyone touching everything that movie? <laughs> don't. No. Some of us have to work in like two days. Back to the giant-ass fucking email. <laughs> Moving along. Speaking of demons, that's the title of one of the movies you're reviewing for the next show. I've never seen it, but I can't wait to listen to you talk about it. Uh, so what was I talking about? Oh, right. Jaws. The drive-in is very important because it's where I saw my first horror movie, and and I what and I love our horror movies ever <laughs> since then. That's when Eric had a stroke while he was writing. Possibly. 
even if I did live in fear of a shark under my bed for a year. Two years? No, one year. He's right. My math is bad. Uh, I bet that Brian Largent didn't tell you anything about his childhood or the drive-in. Largent. <laughs> there was a wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks named Steve Largent. He was probably really good. I wonder if they're related. Probably not. I've met a bunch of people who had the same last name. <laughs> Good God. But they're not always related to Steve Largent. <laughs> sure was good at the football, though. I like football. My favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they're going to be very good this year, and that makes me sad. Speaking of Cowboys, do you guys like Western? I do a podcast about Westworld called Bullets, Brothels, and Thoughts. Uh, I'm enjoying this season much more than last season because it's not as confusing. I like westerns with Clint Eastwood in them, especially A Festival of Dollars. The music is cool. I totally agree. The uh, the Man With No Name series are the best fucking westerns ever made. Being a Clint Eastwood, I just watched In the Line of Fire again recently. It's not a western, but it's really good. It also has John Malkovich in it. And that guy is weird. Speaking of weird, I also really like Weird Al Yankovic. He's funny. Everybody, everybody know his parodies, but he also writes original songs that are pretty funny, too. Here's the link to the video for one about Craigslist done in the style of The Doors. For those of you looking for it, it's uh, youtube.com slash watch question mark V equals Y4SALRU9IJK. <laughs> Speaking of doors, have you ever noticed that automatic doors don't open fast enough? I'm forever almost walking into them. It's really annoying. Peeps still suck. I bet Brian Largent likes them. Until Brian Largent, he may have tried. Oh my god, he's fucking me up. Until Brian Largent, he may have tried to have the longest email, but he failed. I wonder which one of you will get to read this on the show. Me. Me is the answer. Uh, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Eric and Armour. Don't ever say that we do not enjoy our fans. <laughs> is, is a fan the right word for somebody who would do that to us, though? I don't know. I don't know. The fact that our fans troll us, I find endlessly entertaining. Because <laughs> my vote was, I'm going to chop Brian's down to a couple bullet points, and we could just skip Eric's email because he's just trying to be an asshole. And Noah says, Excuse well, me. that means we have to read it. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if, <laughs> if he had just done it, like done it doing it and just happened to have written a longer email, I would have been like, no, that's annoying. But the fact that he was intentionally being a dick and attempting to write a long ass email, that's hilarious. So that goes in the show. All right. So we do have more feedback to get to. I would say, Doug, do you want to read your next email, which is pretty long as well? Yeah. So everyone buckle in. This is actually a, a comment that was left on Podbean. Um, in response to our last episode, uh, no name associated with it, but I'll go through it in detail here. It says, funny shit. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to put that. Shortest comment, I think. 
They may put that like uh, redo our logo when we redo our logo. I'll just put random user on Podbean. Funny shit. <laughs> Quote funny. It's <laughs> a great idea for our movie poster. <laughs> it's either that or put Eric's on, but they charge by the letter when you print <laughs> shit. So. <laughs> uh. That's good. Thank you, random Podbean user. Which Podbean is just some podcast directory that I think if you just have a podcast, you end up on there. Don't See, have to I sign thought up you anything. specifically had to like register on Podbean. No. no, there's a lot of these podcast catchers out there that you do not have to register for, and we are available for download through some of them through means that I don't understand. <laughs> But because back when uh, back when we were the last horrorcast, there was a time when Scott would actually track like where our downloads were coming from, and he like one time he's like, "Did you sign us up for this?" And I'm like, "No," and then he started like looking into it, and we were available on a couple of these different things, and it's like, great because it's I mean, we do this specifically so people will listen. So I don't care if they want to take our information and spread it to more people great but it's uh it's a little weird <laughs> that you can be like on a website and see your stuff available for download you're like i didn't put that there nope someone did there are always podcast mysteries when we were doing murph and the fat kid every episode we had one guy in japan who downloaded our episode <laughs> And we never found out who the fuck it was. We were talking about it on every show. We were like, who is the Japanese guy? Why is he listening to our show? How did he hear about it? I assume that was Roman's VPN going through Japan. Oh, yeah, possibly. Throwback to our old feedback sessions. Um, yeah, I always assumed like stuff like that, that it was just like people in the military. And it's like, oh, I need a taste of home. I'll listen to these two jackass guys from central Illinois just talk about whatever random shit that, that might actually make sense um so alright let's see we got two uh, actual regular sized emails hint hint two other people <laughs> who email in um so Trevor sent an email said hey gang um I know he gets a lot of flack for it but I want to thank Noah for picking hard ticket to Hawaii for last week's show I have had the Andy Sedaris film collection for a while now. I bought it specifically because I had heard how amazingly bad Hard Ticket was. But I just never got around to watching it. At least not until I heard you guys were going to be covering it on a show. I loved it so very much. The Snake Puppet alone was worth the price of admission. And also much gratuitous use of rocket launchers. Well, there you go, Noah. You got yourself a fan now. You're welcome. <laughs> Another person who likes our ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Doug. <laughs> Looks like he lost out on that one. Oh, well, Trevor's banned from the show now, so <laughs> I'll teach him. Uh, and then the last one we got was from uh, Riku, who is a uh, follower of Noah. Uh, I know he used to write, write into. Uh, Murph and the Fat Kid all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's he is my favorite podcast listener, only because he sent in feedback to literally every show I've been on. I think. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he says, uh, hey, Midnight Drive-In, I'm e- emailing in to request that the first two Crow films make it onto your expansive list. Uh, don't do the other two movies. They're really bad. P.S. I enjoyed the episode images lately. Keep them coming, please. Much love. So what you're saying is boobs. You like boobs. Pretty much. (laughs) The Andy Sedaris one was not hard to figure out. It was more just like, which one are we... How did you narrow it down to a boob? I went for the two girls in the shower just because that's four boobs. And four boobs is better than two. That's mathematically accurate. Yeah. That's like a scientific. Uh, we should be talking about the crow right now. That's what should be happening. The crow is a really good movie. Yeah, the crow is a really good movie, and the I second think. crow is a really okay movie with a really, really good uh, new metal soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I would even go as far as to defend the third crow. Movie. Ooh, I'm not that's, saying it's. Is that the furlong one? No, 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 no. Let's make it abundantly clear the. The David Furlong, David Boreanaz version of The Crow is not defensible. But the third uh, one, I would say, is not as bad as people think it is. I'm not saying it's good. I'll say not as bad as people think it is. Does the third one got Kirsten Dunst in it? Yes, I believe it does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it being good at all. I haven't seen it in a while. It's definitely, like, okay, that first one is just such a iconic yeah. film. It's, like, it's amazing. The soundtrack's amazing. The acting's great. Violence is awesome in it. Um, but then they all kind of go gradually downhill, and I don't think they become completely unwatchable until the fourth one. That's the, the, there isn't a question of whether they become completely unwatchable. It's where do they become completely unwatchable. So my vote is we do all the Crow stuff in reverse Ooh. order. So that we just get happier? We just yeah. <laughs> that starting, was atrocious. Starting with what? the TV show, which stars oh. the chairman's nephew from Iron Chef America. I enjoyed the TV show at one point too, but I don't know if I'd want to sit down and rewatch it. It was more of a Holy like I enjoyed shit. it. Walton Goggins is in the, in the third Crow movie. Hmm. That's okay. I wasn't speaking. It's fine, Brent. <laughs> I was just commenting to myself that Walton Coggins <laughs> is in the third Crow movie, and I was not aware of this, and I feel sorry for him. Oh, and Fred Ward's the bad guy. So that takes us full circle back to Tremors. All right. It's too bad this wasn't the end of the podcast. That would have been perfect. A <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> full month of Crow movies. I don't know. No, no, no. We're not doing that. <laughs> but we we could probably do the first couple. Maybe team them up with some other movie about birds that bring people back from the dead. There must be a bunch of those, right? Maybe. The dark half is sorta of like that. But I think we covered that on uh last forecast. Just uh Riku, we'll we'll get back to you when we figure out like another supernatural revenge thriller. The yeah. Crow. We have to come up with two of them, I guess, in order to do both of the first two Crow movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, The Crow is a comic book movie, and we do have more comic book movies that need pairs. I'm not sure, sure that there's a lot that would line up with it 
I don't know if it makes a good uh, double feature with any of the Reb Brown stuff or the David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury stuff. <laughs> that'd be a bad might not work. May not be a bad one to team up with Darkman though. All right, I, I, I will literally watch the Crow or Darkman at any given time. So if you tell me I have to watch both, <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, okay. I would kind of want a Crow Darkman team up movie. Yeah. Bring me Liam Neeson and Edward Furlong. <laughs> no. Why do you pick the worst Crow? Well, because the best Crows get. Well, I know that. Therefore, the worst crow. <laughs> so, how, so how about so how about Liam Neeson and a CGI Brandon Lee, just like they did in the movie, which was groundbreaking at the time. Yes. There, I fixed it. And it still looks pretty good now. Yeah. Uh, that whole the crow, the whole movie looks really good, except for that scene where he falls from that building. Mm. Doesn't look great. Sure. I had a point to make. We lost what it was. I don't know. I don't know either. Do uh, you ask us what else we watched this week? And we'll supposedly they're remaking it with uh, Aquaman. Jason yeah. Momoa. See, that doesn't suit me. It doesn't look right for it. And it also doesn't make... Again, I've said this with so many different series, but it, it really doesn't make sense to do a remake. Why not just do another story? Yeah. And not... Like, it's like if you just don't call him Eric Draven, you can pretty much tell the same story over again and nobody will get upset. But if you call him Eric Draven, you might think he doesn't look like Brandon Lee. Yeah, I agree. Um, so anybody watch anything else since last week? Uh, you you know I watched Demons, too, after I watched Demons. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you, you know I did. Did you know there's like four of them, supposedly? Yeah, I've heard the there's diminishing returns in the Demon series. I don't know if that's true or not. That's are they point. are the other two like actual official ones, or are they Italian knockoffs of Italian movies? I'm gonna assume probably knockoffs of of other movies, but let's see, Demons Two. Like, where's the? I swear that there's four of them somewhere. There's at least know. a three. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look later. Uh, and then I started watching uh, Star Trek Discovery because it popped up on Prime. It's all right. Really? Yeah. Really? It's on Prime? It's on Prime. Seems like a weird business model for CBS All Access. It, it does. They must have partnered with them somehow. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you what my thing is. It's a really good show. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I don't like about it is that they call it fucking Star Trek. Because oh. it's not Star Trek. Like, if you took out the three things in the show that make it fucking Star Trek, it's just its own thing. It's fine. Like, I, I just don't get why they felt like they had to fucking make it Star Trek. Is it uh, essentially like the Orville? No, the Orville is more Star Trek-like than Star Trek. Oh, interesting. It's super... It's it's what would happen if fucking Zack Snyder made a fucking Star Trek movie. 
Ouch. Like, it's, there's a lot of, like, special effects, and it's all real fucking grim dark a lot of the time. It's just really weird. They changed, they changed literally fucking everything. Like, there's no continuity between the rest of everything. The main character is uh, Spock's sister that apparently through 25 shows nobody knew fucking existed. Alright. You know what I mean? Yeah. And weird weird shit like that. Like, it just, there's nothing I don't know. It's not positive. Oh. It's all, like, war stuff in which Star Trek's well, always kind of been anti-war stuff. Well, which timeline is this supposed to be connected to? It's in the new timeline. Well, then I guess technically Spock could have a sister if the timeline was disrupted. Well, she's an adopted sister, too. She's a human. Oh. Yeah. Un- unlike uh, Spock, who is a Vulcan who went to Starfleet, she was a human who went through the Vulcan school training. Yeah, that seems easier. Super original. But yeah, like I said, it's a really, the problem is it's a really, it's a really good show that shouldn't have ever fucking Star Trek, and I did like it a lot more. Alright. So you hate yourself for liking it, essentially. Well, I'm not gonna... The problem is, I'll give I'll give some credit where it's due. Like I said, it's a good show. I think it's fairly well written. I like most of the characters. I just think they're uh, doing the usual bullshit where they're sticking their nose into a uh, intellectual property that they have no fucking business being in. Ouch. That's it. But that's really all I watched this week. What did you watch, Doug? Uh, let's see. The first thing I watched was Jeepers Creepers 3. Ugh. So that finally came to Netflix. Yeah, that's about the proper reaction. Um, <laughs> it's not good. It's not, like, atrociously terrible, but it's certainly not good. And it's just some of the decisions they made are just dumb. Like, so this movie, for some reason, they chose to set it between Jeepers Creepers and Jeepers Creepers 2. Wait. Like, it's... Doesn't it only wake up every so many years? Well, that's the thing, right? So, that it wakes up every whatever number of years, 20-something years, 23, maybe? So they could have taken a 23-year jump and had it be 23 years in the future, or they could have chosen any other time period and set it there. But instead, they decided to start it, like, to jam it in between, because Jeepers Creepers and Jeepers Creepers 2 happen during one of these stints where it wakes up. And they decided we could fit one more movie in there. But then the stupidest thing is that at the end, there's, and this is full on spoilers, but at the end, there's a cameo of the girl from the first Jeepers Creepers movie kind of implying that they're going to do a fourth one. That's set 23 years in the future when the thing wakes up again. Well, then just make that fucking movie. Why did you have to make this one? <laughs> like, it really didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, and the other thing is, like, this movie, because of the way it plays out, it's like, okay, we already know who the creature is, and we already know all that, and they set a lot of it in the daytime. We just talked about this with Rawhead Rex, which is a low-budget film you think people would learn their lesson by now, but monsters don't look that good walking around in broad daylight and not being hidden by shadows and 
not being obscured and we do close-ups on them and stuff. And it's just, it starts to look silly after a while. And that's not what you want in a horror movie. So they kind of dropped the ball on this one. And yeah, I never saw past the, past the first one, so... Like, a lot of people feel that the first one falls apart at the end because it becomes sort of action-y. And this one picks up right where that one ends, so obviously it's still an action movie. Uh, and I think almost anyone would agree that the first two acts of the first movie are much better than ending ones. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's on Netflix. Was there but, weird undertones of uh, pedophilia in the film? Like a lot of his films have. No. Not that I noticed. Um, Were the main characters uh, young people being uh, terrorized by a menacing creeper? No. No. Yeah. Oh, I've got to fight this guy, I guess. I'll probably take my shirt off. No, there was none of that that I picked up on. Uh, the main, the main plot line is like, like literally the night at the end of the first movie, at the police station, like this guy shows up and he has a history with the creeper and he forms like a little crew to go after it. And they fight it. There are some teenager characters, but I didn't notice anything weird. And they kept their clothes on. <laughs> I was hoping to avoid that topic when I brought this movie up. <laughs> like, yeah. don't. That is impossible. Alright. We, we've gone down this road before. There's no real benefit to having the discussion over and over again. Alright, um, so moving on. So the other thing I watched, I watched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I was... They're really good. Um, Whatever. They do, they do a really good job of picking up the tone of the original stuff. And it's like, it's, the show is lighthearted enough that you know they're... Like, they know what they're doing is ridiculous, that they're making, like, a Karate Kid sequel television series 30 years later. And they are having a lot of fun with it, but they never kind of cross over into that parody territory where they're making fun of it. Yeah, they just like... So it's, I, I really liked it. I mean, everyone knows the basic plot line. If you've seen the trailer, is that Johnny's life has gone to shit, and Daniel's life has gone really, really well because of that kids' karate tournament, and uh, they end up crossing paths again as adults. Johnny kind of reopens Cobra Kai, and it looks like Daniel's going to try to stop him. Um, but I'll never see the episodes where he tries to stop him because. These pricks gave me the first two episodes for free and want $2.50 an episode for every other episode for, you know, 23-minute-long episodes of a show. Uh, paying them $2.50 for that. So, if you're in the U.S., Australia, and possibly other countries, you can sign up for YouTube Red first month free and watch it. Uh, but we aren't allowed to do that in Canada. Yeah, I was going to tell Noah, I think I was going to use the Midnight Drive-In YouTube account to possibly get the free trial and then watch all the Credit Kid episodes. 
That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. And then you can watch them as well. I don't believe I will be able to watch them anyway. So what will happen is when I go to watch something else, it'll say recently watched, and it'll mm-hmm. be stuff you watched, but then I won't be able to watch it. So that'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'm pissed off at YouTube right now. <laughs> if anyone's wondering. So are they setting it up with Danielson as the bad guy? It's debatable. It, yeah, like it depends on whose side you're on. I think it's definitely less clear cut than it was in the first movie. Are they do they bring up the thing about him kicking him in the face and it being illegal for the tournament? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they bring that up right away. And he, they're like, he's like, what? I I did like one illegal move. It cost me a point. You do it, and they give you the tournament. Kind of thing. <laughs> Which I'd never thought about until I watched this. And when they say it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's like other parts in that movie, I believe, where they reference like illegal strike to the face. But if it's so, technique, that's okay. I don't know. The the rules that they go over, I had somebody who's actually a martial artist explain the rules that they're reading off because those are tournament rules. Kicking somebody in the face is actually not illegal. Punching them in the face is. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Apparently, it's got something to do with the fact that you can't control a kick the way you can a punch. And so you could accidentally kick someone in the head. So therefore, they just made it legal to intentionally kick him in the head? Pretty much. All right. Well, there you go. I'll assume that's true, and that Johnny has no reason to be bitter in this movie. Yeah, now Johnny's just making shit up. Completely, Completely changes the dynamic now. So it does actually completely change the dynamic. It makes it much less sympathetic if that was a legal kick. <laughs> but it is um, like there are a lot of great moments in those first two episodes. Oh, love to watch the rest of them. But like, like there's like, like you've seen the if you've seen the trailer, Johnny has that incident where he like beats up a bunch of guys and is referencing back to like the Mr. Miyagi scene where he beats up a bunch of teenagers to save the one kid. But the difference is in this is like when Johnny's done and the other kids run off, you see him like bend over, like it really hurt his back to do all that because <laughs> he's like a forty-year-old man. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That would hurt. <laughs> My favorite part of the trailer is whenever the he like has the kid waxing the floor or something like that, and he goes, "Is there a specific way you want me to do this? Like, you know, left to right or something like that?" And he goes, "No, I don't give a shit." <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so it's a recommend if you can see it for free. I, if you're in one of these poor countries where you're not allowed to, then I, I don't even know if I'd recommend starting it because you're just going to be disappointed when you can't watch it all. <laughs> or if you're like Come a on, billionaire, you if you're like a billionaire and you want to pay two fifty for an episode of television that's twenty three minutes long, then go ahead. But I'm not doing it. <laughs> that's. And fucking, like, YouTube's response is, well, there's a lot of red tape getting it available in Canada. YouTube's owned by fucking Google. They, they can't hire somebody to do the red tape. I guess not. God damn it. <laughs> Piss me off. Well, do you they, think that, like, a service like... something an episode. <laughs> do you think a service like Netflix, then, will pick it up if it's not readily available in Canada? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't. I do not understand like how any of these contracts work. Like we get all the Star Wars movies on Netflix in Canada. My understanding is we're the only ones that get that. And Disney literally does not want them on Netflix, but can't stop them from getting there somehow because of some pre-existing deal. And I'm like, I don't understand how a company decides that Disney could not be able to get over that deal. Like it doesn't mean like I don't understand. Like they own the rights to the movies. There must be something they can do, but apparently not. Well, I know they signed a big deal with Netflix before. And I think we have some of them available. Do you know? Netflix, but once that deal, once that contract's over, they're dumping it because they're starting their own streaming service. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't. Under- I really don't understand how all this stuff works. I don't... It blows my mind that the internet still has orders on it. Like, Because I could sign up for a YouTube Red account if I just had, like, if I just drove to the States, I assume I'd be able to just log in and sign up for one. Mm-hmm. They'd accept a Canadian credit card as the on it, but you know, I don't get why. How how do we really understand the technological the technology of how do they stop it from streaming across the border? I don't know. It's all with IP addresses and such. Um, looks like Rogue One is the only one we really have on Netflix. I thought there was more, but I guess not. So yeah, we have because we have Force Awakens as well. And we have the Force Awakens button in French. Oh, it's just really hilarious because after I watch the Force Awakens on YouTube, it's like recommends I watch it in French now. It's like, oh, since you enjoyed this movie, why not watch it in French? Le Force de Wacom. It's exactly what it's called. It's exactly what it sounds like, too. Yeah. Uh, did you watch anything else? No, that's it. All right. Well, it was time for me, who had nothing but time this weekend. Oh. So I burned through a lot of shit. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, I finished Lost in Space. Okay. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Excited for season two. Almost worried that the cliffhanger we're left on is maybe they should have saved that for like a season three, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, Parker Posey, I love her because she's so fucking evil in this show. And uh, I see people comment on Facebook that they want to punch her in the face. And I'm like, well, it's kind of the point. So you should commend her for doing a very good job. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. If you haven't watched it yet, Lost in Space, I recommend for me. Um,. Then, because I hated myself and I was so curious that I just couldn't stay away, I watched uh, Piranha Three Double D. Okay. Uh, which was not good, but was funny, I guess. I enjoyed it. I watched it once when it was new, kind of thing. And I remember yeah. thinking, like, that was a fun one-time watch. But yeah, because uh, I really liked the the remake when it came out. And when they announced they were doing Piranha 3 Double D, I'm like, oh, well, that that's like the perfect title for that movie. And it completely sets up like what the movie's going to be like. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just okay. It's not nearly as much fun as the first one. Setting it in a water park, I think, is a good idea. 
Yeah. And then having David Hasselhoff in it, I think is a good idea as himself. Yeah, that makes sense. But the fact that he... What's up? I was just going to say, everything's a good idea. It just, it doesn't really... Yeah, it doesn't really gel. As well. Yeah. Um, so I followed that up with uh, the Amicus movie Asylum. Uh, which was super awesome. Um, it's a British horror anthology from 1972. And it's this doctor going to... Essentially, he's getting a new job at this hospital. But for some reason, they're like taking him to all these to the different patients. And he has to listen to their stories of how they ended up there. And then he has to decide if he wants to take the job by the end of it. Because apparently in Britain, that's how you do things. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. Uh, but the stories were pretty good. The first one which I think is the best one is this guy kills his wife, chops her up, wraps her in butcher paper, and then puts her body in like the downstairs, like freezer. Um, and then his mistress is supposed to be coming over and then they're going to run off together. So after he hangs up the phone, he hears something downstairs, goes downstairs and all the body parts are independently moving on their own. They're trying to like choke him and stuff like that. Uh, the awesome thing about it is, so he chops her up. And you don't really see like a whole lot of gore or anything. And then he wraps her, you know, like I said, wraps her up in butcher paper. And it's very well defined, like what each body part is. But then they completely got away with not getting a really horrible rating because there's no blood or anything. And it's just these wrapped appendages, like flailing around the basement trying to get a hold of him and stuff. But this was a really clever way to get around the uh, ratings board in the 70s. That sounds like it would be pretty cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably my favorite story. That was the first one. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, there's another one with Peter Cushing where uh, he comes to a tailor to ask him, ask him to make him a very special suit out of the strange material that he doesn't know what it's the tailor doesn't really know what it is, but the tailor really needs the money so he can pay the rent, and uh, so he agrees, agrees to make it, and he goes to deliver it, and weird shit happens. And uh, yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. Uh, I must have just been really in the mood for a British anthology horror movie. It was, I had a blast watching it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, first time watch for me. So if you haven't watched Asylum yet, I would say it's worth a watch. They used to be on my to-watch list. And I had forgotten all about it. Well, you should add it to your list towards the top. I think you'd really dig it. There's some really cool stories in it. Yeah, but I've added like five things already to this episode. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then for some reason, this is the same day, same night, probably. Um, I went from British anthology horror movies to the Linda Blair movie Savage Streets. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was been on my watch list. And um, <laughs> so, like, Amanda fell asleep in her chair or something. Or what was this? 
Was she just out and came home on Saturday? I don't remember. But she, she essentially was sitting there while I was watching it right from the beginning. And this is not the type of movie because it's essentially Linda Blair's little sister played by Linnea Quigley. It's uh, raped by a bunch of uh, can you monks. think of a Can you think of a better fucking sentence? Not the rape <laughs> part, but before that. Yeah. yeah, Linda Blair's little sister played by Linnea Quigley. Yeah. Uh, so she gets <laughs> raped and beat up by these punks. And then um, they kill one of Linda Blair's best friends by throwing her off a bridge in broad daylight. Uh, which is pretty fucked up. It's a pretty good setup for a movie so far, though. And so Linda Blair decides to fuck these guys. And becomes a badass and hunts them, hunts them all down with a crossbow through the end of the movie. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. The The rape scene's a little rough, but after that, it's basically just Linda Blair being a badass and hunting down punks and killing them. And so, like I said... Did I not man, put it on the list? I thought I put it on the list. I have no idea. It was on my list, so I watched it. Uh, but like I said, Amanda came home, or was... I don't know. I don't remember what the situation was, but she was essentially watching it. It is not really the type of movie I figured she would enjoy. And so... She, there's a lot of times where she's sitting there like, oh, oh, these guys are awful. And especially when they threw her best friend like off the bridge. She's like, these guys are terrible. And I'm just like, yeah, I think that's kind of the point. But she fell asleep before the end of the movie. And when I woke her up to go to bed, she's like, oh, oh what happened to those guys? And I was like, oh, Linda Blair killed them all. She's like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, Savage Streets is said to be paired with uh, 1985 Sudden Death. Oh, all right. Well, I pre-watched it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's the little spoiler warning before we uh, review it on the show. Uh, and the last thing I watched, we went to the theater and saw Bad Samaritan, which is a movie with David Tennant playing a serial killer. Uh, either one of you see that movie, Don't Breathe? Yeah. So take sort of like that setup. Um, there's these two guys that are uh, valet parkers for a restaurant, and what they do, and I never really thought about this. I mean, it's not like I use valet parking hardly ever. But so they'll take the person's car, and then look in their glove box at their registration, and then drive to their house and use their garage door opener to get in their house, and then just steal like little stuff that they won't really notice is gone. So David Tennant shows up to this restaurant, drops off his Maserati, fucking awesome car. And so this guy takes it and goes back to his house. And while he's searching through the dude's house, finds a girl that's chained up in one of the bedrooms. So then it becomes like, oh, fuck, like, what do I do? Do I help her escape? Do I leave her here? Like, what sort of like, like, how do I play this out? And first, like, 20 minutes, of course, there's this ticking clock because David Tennant's at this restaurant with friends. So they've really only got the amount of time it takes for him to finish and come back out and get his car. And then it becomes like, well, what the fuck do we do? Um, so then it started, it becomes like a sort of a cat and mouse movie where uh, it expands beyond that small premise 
where David Tennant finds out that this guy had broken into his house and then starts essentially doing shit that ruins his life. Meanwhile, the guy is trying to figure out a way to help this girl escape that's chained up in his house that, you know, now is in... Now David Tennant's in possession of her and he's, you know, not there. So it's like, well, what do I do? How do I help this girl escape? Meanwhile, David Tennant's sort of doing all this horrible shit to him in his real life. Uh, really enjoyed it. David Tennant's creepy whenever he's playing a bad guy. I thought he was really good in Jessica Jones. And this takes it to like a whole other level. Like he's just fucking creepy as shit. So anytime I watch Doctor with Who, Who with him in it again, I'm going to be creeped out completely. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it just came out last week in the theater, and uh, I had seen the trailer and really wanted to go, so I was super happy I got a chance to. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. So Doug, do you want to tell us what we're doing for the next episode? Yes, and I'm not stalling until I remember. I'm just... Building anticipation. <laughs> right. We are going to be doing uh, It and His Dead Mother, mm-hmm. which is the Steve Buscemi classic from like 93. And we add up with uh, Dead Alive because the word dead in the title. Why we did that? I don't remember why we teamed those two up. <laughs> yeah, I, I do believe it was uh, zombie uh, maternal figures. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I've never seen that in his dead mother before. So I saw it when it was new. I liked it then. It's been a long time. So we'll see. It's got Steve Buscemi. Yeah. I can't. I can't recall the last time I saw a bad Steve Buscemi. Which does that wrap around to uh, being an awkward guy and only Steve Buscemi can get away with it for some reason? Yes. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is a, an, another callback to our the opening part of our discussion. First it was Fred Ward, now Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so we touch on all the hot mainstream topics on this <laughs> And their fingers on the pulse of what's what's happening with the kids. Yeah. Bored. You know what these movies don't have? Boobs? Jamie fucking <laughs> You're right. Let's change to a different topic. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Goodnight.